Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ, where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect, frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. Welcome back to the Sojo Show. We are in our third episode on the anxiety series, and I hate to call it that because... (laughs) Yeah, that sounds kind of morbid. Um, it's our overcoming anxiety series. There we go. Better. Yes. Better. We need to change that. All right. <laughs> anyway, we are talking about um, our anxious hearts and how we have all the tools at our disposal to overcome it and work through it and be be victorious over it because of Christ in us. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But I have a question first for you. All right. I'm a little nervous, but go for it. I don't really know what your answer is going to be, but I have these things in my life. So I need to know what name something, think of something in your life in something, a material possession, perhaps something in your closet, something on your walls, something on your knickknack rack, something somewhere that you probably just need to get rid of and let go. (laughs) And yet you've been holding on tight. Okay, I know Tell me. I know exactly <laughs> what I need to let go of. <laughs> and it is in my wardrobe. It is a red fleece jacket that is uh-huh. ugly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> but it is so comfortable. It is oh. so comfortable. I've had it for years and years and years. Like I got it when I was overseas when my youngest was a little baby and he's now 13. So that tells you how old it is. And like, I have pictures every year with me wearing this stupid thing (laughs) for like the past 12 years. So it's time for this raggedy old thing to go, but it's just hard. It's hard because it is so comfy. Yeah. It's super comfy. That's the reason you're not wanting to let it go. I got it. Yes. Yes. Well, if you're listening to us, think about something in your life that you need to let go of. I mean, honestly, and maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's, Mm. you know, an article of clothing like AJ. Maybe it is something that, I mean, there's a lot of things. I can look around my desk and find things that I really need to let go of. Yeah, I think we all can. But there's also intangible things like toxic relationships or... Like you said, habits, little things that aren't really healthy or good for us that we have a hard time letting go of. Stepping on toes, stepping on toes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it is. is. Well, the reason I kind of wanted to start thinking about these things that we need to let go now is because there is a passage in the Bible that we want to kind of look through today. And it talks about anxiety and what to do with it. And basically it says we need to let it go, right? We need to let some of our cares and anxieties go. And here's the reason why I'm bringing this up because it's just not that easy. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was getting ready to say. I was like, easier said than done. You still have that ugly red jacket 
And it's a lot easier for you to get rid of that thing than it is to get rid of the anxieties and the cares and the worries of our heart, right? Absolutely. So it's not that easy. And, you know, there are, and and I want to just say that there are a lot of well-meaning Christians who quote this verse to us when we feel anxious. And to a certain degree, I mean, it's in the Bible, it's in the word, and it is something that we need to do. So to a certain degree, yes, it's a good thing to do. But on the other hand, it's not always as easy as just letting it go. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look at the context of this verse a little bit, look back a verse, forward a verse, and see if we can't put a little bit of meat on the bones of this verse. Okay. So so now we want to know what the verse is. You're going to know what it is. Yes. I'm going to let you read it. (laughs) You have it pulled up. Um, I do not, but I can. Okay. First Peter chapter five, okay. we're going to read verses six through 11 and I have it right here if you don't. So, all right. First Peter five, six through 11. Are we ready? Yes, let's do it. So it says, humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. All right. Okay. So there is a ton to unpack in this, in these few verses, we're not going to be able to unpack it all or else we'll be talking for the next couple hours. Mm-hmm. But the verse that I'm referring to, which I know you have heard, if you have been through any kind of, of, of anxiety is the verse seven, where it says, cast all your anxieties on him, right? Because he cares for you. And most people don't even add that second part, just cast all your cares on him, cast all your anxiety on him. So how many times have we heard that? And basically that's like someone saying, just let it go. Yeah. Right. Well, we're not cartoon characters, right? Named Elsa. (laughs) So it's not that easy. So what I think that we need to do is a little bit of work on this to see how this can actually become a reality in our lives when we're dealing with anxious hearts. And so I want to back it up a verse and you read it, but this really talks about this a little bit of context and it talks about what we're required to do first. This is all right here together. What we're required to do first before we're commanded to cast our cares on him. And that is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, Mm -hmm. right? So what do you think of when you think of the word? humble yourself. And I'm asking you this because sometimes I, you know, my thoughts on this are, I don't know, sometimes they're not real tangible. Like what do I do to actually humble myself before God? Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I actually have a few thoughts on this. The first thing that comes to mind though, is lowering myself. So when I think of humbling, I think of lowering And especially when it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, it's like submitting, putting myself in a position lower than Mm -hmm. God's 
sovereignty, you know, in his hand that is at work in his hand that isn't at control, you know, and in control of, of the world and everything in it. So it's like, I am, before I can cast my cares on him, I have to acknowledge his sovereignty and that he's in control and not me, you know? And I think for, for a lot of it, for a lot of my anxiety, it does come down to that. It comes down to, okay, I cannot control this, but there is someone who is in control and he not only is in control, but he cares. He listens, you know, he's willing for me to, to come to him and voice my needs and my requests. And he, he listens to that, you know? So, I mean, that's a pretty significant thing to understand. And before I can rid myself and let go of those anxieties, I have to acknowledge that there is someone who can do something about it when I can't. Yeah. No, that's perfect. That's really good. And matter of fact, the definition, if you look up the word humble, the definition if as a verb is to lower yourself mm-hmm. in dignity or importance or to lower someone else if you're humble wow. someone else. To humble as an adjective is showing, having or showing a modest or low estimate of your own importance Mm. in relationship to someone else. So that's exactly what it means. And I think I really like what you said, though, because sometimes when you think about that, this goes counter to what our world tells us about Mm. our self-esteem, right? So we are kind of taught to raise our children to have good self-esteem and we're supposed to have good self-esteem. And I understand the, uh, I understand the rationale behind that, but re in reality, what you said, which is understanding who God actually is mm-hmm. in relationship to us is critical because how are we going to be able to cast our cares or to, to trust someone with our fears and our anxieties, when we don't really understand that they are capable, as you mentioned, of actually handling it. So, I I mean, I think understanding who we are in relationship to who he is, is really, really, is really important. I will say that there is a verse in Second Chronicles, this reminds me of, and when it talks about, um, you've probably heard it, if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves. Mm-hmm. And it goes on to say, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. I think we use that in a lot of um, contexts when we're praying for our nations, our nations. But I think that it's good to look at the whole big picture there of when you humble yourself and it's all connected. And you pray, you seek his face, you turn from your wicked ways. You know who you are, who he is. And it's not just a matter of understanding that, but it's a matter of trusting and turning from who we are. It's taking that self-esteem and recognizing that I've got to turn from self and turn to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And just to kind of throw a little bit of practical aspect in this, One of the ways that I have found really helpful for me is when I am just super anxious about a situation, I have found it really useful to imagine God as my boss, 
because he he is he is the boss. He is he's the creator. He's the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And he is the sovereign. He, like the buck stops with him. And so I imagine God as somebody who is in the position of authority that he is in. And I have an issue as his underling that I don't know the answer to, that I can't figure out. And I just go to his office and stand in front of his desk and say, this is not my problem. This is your problem because this is your company and it's your business and it's your people, it's your person. And I'm handing it to you. I'm giving this to you because I can't control it. I can't fix it. And ultimately it's not mine to fix. And I think just mentally coming to that point where I acknowledge this is not my issue to fix. It's his issue and handing it over. Like I'm handing the folder, I'm handing the file on this problem over to my boss who can deal with it, right? He has the authority. He has the resources. He has the means to take care of business and just letting it go. And that visual picture helps me to relinquish it, to really take it out of my hands, take it out of my mind and to set it in his domain, you know, so that he can handle it. And, and of course he's already handling it. You know, this is, this is for my benefit. It's not like I'm giving him something that he doesn't already have, but it's for my benefit to practice what we've been talking about, to really let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good visual is, is just, and because that's, it's a good visual to remind ourselves that not only is he the boss and in control of everything, but he cares about what happens in the whole world as well as in us. So I love that. The next verses in this, um, I think are really important as well because they are talking about some things that we can do. So we've looked at what do we need to do? We need to humble our husband. We need to know who we are. Now we need to know who we are in Christ. Yes. But before that, we need to know who we are in relationship to our God. Right. So we need to know that we need to then turn it over. Right. Like AJ saying, like take the file folder and put it on the desk of the boss. But then there are uh, some more practical things in this particular passage that we are told to do that I think when we realize they're connected, they were told by Peter in this particular order for a reason, right? They were all put together. So there's some other things that we can do too. And one of them is to be sober-minded, to be watchful. And it reminds us that we have an enemy that wants to destroy us and that we are to resist him. And in doing that, in resisting the enemy, we're being mindful. We that's part of casting our cares on on God. It's all it's all together. And then the cool thing is it tells us in verse 10 that after we've suffered a little while, after we have we've been dealing with this and we've been kind of wrestling with this, letting it go, after a little while, it tells what our end, what the end game is, which is that the God of grace has called you to his eternal glory and we will one day be restored and strengthened and established. And, and I think recognizing the end game as well helps us in the process of turning things over to him. It's not just that one verse 
just cast your cares on him, but it's looking at the whole big picture of what is the outcome of this? Who am Mm -hmm. I compared to him? I have an enemy. Yes. But I also have a God who's going to, in the end, be victorious. Mm -hmm. So making it easier for me to take the practical step of letting it go and turning over my cares. Yeah. I mean, I think from what I see in that there's, there are those two kind of two sides of the coin. Number one, to remember that we do have an enemy and a lot of times he uses our anxiety or uses our fears to stir up anxiety as a, as a tool to render us ineffective, you know? So it's kind of like he's saying, Remember that there's an enemy who is basically trying to fake you out and don't forget that he's trying to do that. He's out there seeking a weak spot in your mind and he's going to try to attack it, you know, but don't let him hold up that shield of faith. And then remember, like you said, the end of the story is that sure, you are living in a fallen world right now, but God is victorious. And there's going to be no doubt about who the king is, you know, and who the victor is. So remember that live your life in light of that. Right. And then, you know, I encourage you as you are working through these kind of thoughts in your mind to pop over to Ephesians because this this wording that I we see here in verse nine, resist him firm in your faith, um, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are experienced by everyone. Basically, you know, everyone's having the same <laughs> the same struggle. Uh, that that wording reminds mm-hmm. me of the passage in Ephesians six, where Paul is talking about the armor of God to the church in Ephesus, and he says in verse 10, be strong in the Lord, strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And then he reminds us here. So Paul's reminding us here, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers. You know, basically it's the same thing that Peter is saying that there is an enemy and Paul's saying the same thing. There's an enemy and we are to resist it. And Paul gives us a little bit more way to do that. And that is taking up the whole armor of God so that you will be able to withstand the evil. And then, you know, he gives all the practical steps. We actually have a study on the armor of God. We'll make sure we link it up in the show notes if you want to do more in-depth study on that. But, but it, the two passages to me are so related in that we have an enemy. We need to resist him, but we have a way to resist him. And in doing that, we can then fulfill that verse, cast your cares on him as we are resisting him. And as we are holding up the shield of faith, like you mentioned, and the sword, um, which is the word and those things. And then in the end, we'll be restored and we will be victorious because he is already victorious and he has called us to that victory. And if you know Christ, If you are trusting in the work of Christ on the cross today, you are already victorious. You are living in that time where you have already gained the victory, but you're still 
you're still in the 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 day to day battle until we see that final restoration, mm-hmm. which is a hard place to be in sometimes. Yeah, it really is. And you know, we look at especially our believers, our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world, you know, that it is, it is very difficult. You know, we live in a world that is, that is anti-God and it is, we are swimming against the flow and we are going to have troubles and persecutions and problems and pain. And we have to set our minds on something that is beyond the here and now we have to. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we don't, we're not going to persevere in our faith. We're not going to make it. So this is, this is vital Christianity. The things we're talking about right here today, you know, it's vital to our faith and to our, the perseverance that we are to have as believers in Christ. Yeah. We're doing this from the United States, <laughs> you know, where there's a church on every corner, but I feel like we are already starting to see and feel um, more pressure mm-hmm. towards Christianity from the world. And I feel like we are, you know, we're, we're going to be at a place where it's going to, it's just going to be harder to stand yeah. up and to stand against the enemy and to resist him. And as AJ said, these things are, they are paramount to understanding and getting deep into our hearts and into our souls. And it not only helps us in the here and now, in when we're facing our own anxieties now, but it is going to be a witness mm-hmm. to an onlooking world when we are able to stand up against the increasing pressure that the world is placing on us simply because of our stance as believers. And I think we are living right now in a time where, where we're, it's become, it's going to become more and more difficult Mm -hmm. to stand firm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, we see it happening, you know, we, we really do in, in small ways. I mean, I could, I could list things that I see, you know, even just in doing online ministry, the things that that we have seen in the last even year or year and a half right? that we have not seen prior to this. So it's definitely happening and we have to be tooled up, so to speak. You know, we have to have our weapons in hand. We have to know what's at our disposal and, and use them effectively. Yes. And remember that God's hand is mighty and coming right back to the fact that he is victorious and we definitely want to be standing with him. Right. That's right. <laughs> we want to be on, the, we want to be on, you know, they talk about being on the right side of history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a matter of being on the right side of history. We want to stand firm with the God who is the only way that we will be restored and established and yeah. um, and saved. Yeah. And, you know, just to go back, just to maybe even close on this note, you know, we are not in control. There is so very little we control about our, our own lives even, Mm -hmm. but you know, Psalm two tells us that our God looks down on the ways of men and he laughs because he thinks you guys think you're in control, but you have no idea of my power. And just remembering that can bring such calm to our hearts when we remember that God is in control. 
he really is. That's not just a pithy state statement, you know, saying for us as believers, he really is in control and he has everything under his feet. He, he knows what he's doing and he has a grand plan that he is fulfilling. And it may not always appear to be that way to us, but that's because we don't have the perspective that he has. And just reminding our hearts of that can be a great anxiety reliever. Yeah, that is a great place to end and a good reminder for us all. And if you were listening to us and you want to dig a little deeper into this, basically, um, we at we at Sojo Academy are are studying anxiety. Um, if you're listening to us in the future, the study is still available. Um, we invite you to come and take a look at what God's Word has to say about uh, anxiety in general. We basically reviewed just a little tiny tiny bit of of what's in the word about it today. So join us at sojoacademy.com slash anxiety study, all one word, if you want to dig a little deeper. And then also, regardless, um, I think it is a really good thing to uh, to hear what God has to say. And so we wanted to offer you a free gift as well. That is just a scripture reading plan that it relates to this topic and you can find that at sojoacademy.com slash anxiety plan, all one word. So come and join us at the study or download the reading plan, but get in the word and hear what he has to say. Understand who you are, who God is, and allow, allow that to calm your anxious soul and to truly learn to cast your cares on him. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right. We'll see you next week with another uh, episode on this similar topic. And we would love to hear from you. Leave us a comment below and let us know that you're listening and ask, you know, ask us any questions or share your thoughts on the topic as well. And we'll see you next time. Bye everybody. Bye. Hey guys, it's AJ here with a personal question. Do you ever long to connect with other women over God's word? If so, I'd like to personally invite you to be part of our online Bible study community. Sojo Academy is where Jen and I meet via Zoom every week with our global community to discuss God's word, pray, and share what we are learning with each other. In Sojo Academy, you'll get a fresh Bible study every month, as well as weekly meetups, Bible journaling kits, accountability, community, and an entire library of workshops and Bible study tutorials. Jumpstart your walk with God and come hang out with us live this week. Visit SojourAcademy.com and we'll see you inside. Are there areas in your life where you feel like you need to simplify a bit? My guess is yes. Several years ago, AJ and I identified seven areas that we felt like um, were important to simplify in order to focus on most important things in life and primarily our relationship with God. What we are doing is pulling that out of the vault, and we are doing Simplify Your Life Summer 2024 Edition. We invite you to join us. We are excited about it and look forward to seeing you there. Go check out sojohub.com slash simplify for more information.